Happy Tuesday, everybody. It's good to see you. It's 10 o'clock. It's uh, time for Tim with Tim. My name is Tim Harris. I am pastor here at Woodburn Baptist Church. We go verse by verse through the Word of God, and we are in Isaiah chapter 13 today. Isaiah 13. Uh, gosh, uh, I love you guys so much. Thank you for being a part of Tim with Tim. If you're on Spotify or uh, YouTube or Facebook or wherever else you find me, I appreciate that you found me. Uh, gosh, thanks so much. Uh, again, I, I can't say it enough. You make me smarter. You make me better. Uh, you make me try harder. You make me dig deeper. And uh, this journey of going through the Word of God together means the world to me. So thanks for being my partner and my friend in it. Uh, Isaiah chapter 13. Um, Isaiah chapter 13 marks sort of a new section uh, in the book of Isaiah from a from a position of scholars and careful Bible readers. They'll often just notice sort of a, a section that starts about chapter 13 for about 10 chapters, uh, and it's often called the uh, the Oracles Against the Nations, something like that. But in this section, sort of one at a time, sometimes several at a time, uh, Isaiah will, will bring a word from God against the surrounding nations, and it's really sort of interesting, and we'll uh, we'll dig into them one at a time. Today, Isaiah chapter 13, um, these oracles against the nations are great to remind us that God is sovereign over all the nations, uh, and uh, again, it, it's sort of remarkable. Uh, for example, today, Babylon, you know, uh, tomorrow, again, a, a, another taunt for Babylon, Assyria, uh, Philistia, um, these are nations which don't acknowledge God or worship God, you know, so it's really a great reminder of the way that uh, though they may not acknowledge God, they may even worship their own gods, <clears throat> there's still only one God, and they stand before and answer and give account to him. Um, also, the way in which, you know, they are ruling, uh, so to speak, they exert this power, but but God overrules, you know, so whatever they think they're doing, God is still able to use even their evil um, to accomplish his purposes. And it's breathtaking and amazing to see the sovereignty of our God. Uh, and this is what you see in chapter 13 in a message uh, against Babylon. It starts out uh, verse 1, uh, kind of typical for Isaiah. This uh, is a message concerning Babylon. Uh, but uh, truly what the Hebrew says is uh, back to what we said from the beginning uh, it's the word he saw, you know, which I think is just such interesting language, the word he saw. Um, remember, as I've told you, the Hebrew only has one word for word or deed. So uh, words are things, words are actions. And so this is a word that that, that he sees. Uh, and this prophetic message is really sort of interesting. It's most interesting because, to be honest, in Isaiah's day, which again, Isaiah was an 8th century prophet. He's like 700 B.C., right? Um, in his day, Babylon wasn't nothing, you know? This would be like the equivalent of me saying, you know, look out, Alvinton, you know, this is what God says to Alvinton, you know, you know, you who shake your fist at the nations, and people are like, what? Are you talking about Alvinton? Like, isn't there kind of nothing out there except like an IGA and a barbecue restaurant? <laughs> because in Isaiah's day, Babylon was not a superpower, you know. They were just like, you know, this, I mean, in 200 years, they're going to be something big. But like right now, it would be like saying, you know, look out, 
Maldives, you know, whatever nation you can name that like today is like, you know, the, the least important, significant nation ever, you know. Look out, Canada. <laughs> Sorry, Canadians, I'm not, I'm not insulting you, but you know what I mean? Uh, in Isaiah's day, Babylon is not a threat. They're going to be, they will be, and, and that's sort of what divides scholars when it comes to this chapter and the other portions of Isaiah when he comes, you know, railing against Babylon and all their evil. It's like, really? Are we, you know, when did we get worried about Babylon, you know? Uh, um, and that's the divisive part. Uh, some people say, well, Babylon isn't going to be a, a threat for 200 years. And, and today, in, in the end of chapter 13, with specificity, it says, you know, I'm going to stir up the Medes against the Babylonians. It's like, yeah, you just go do that. I mean, you know, it this is what makes scholars say, well, then this is out of place. This is actually something that another prophet wrote 200 years after Isaiah, and it's inserted here, but obviously, you know, it doesn't belong here because, you know, because Babylon, you know, isn't going to be destroyed or even a threat for 200 years. So it's, it's out of place. Well, that's only, it's only necessary to say that if deep down in your heart, you don't believe in prophecy. I have no problem at all, you know, in, in, in thinking that God gives, you know, Isaiah a word against Babylon 200 years before, because this gives, again, if your whole point is the sovereignty of God, if God is sovereign over history, then he's not limited, you know, to the timeline. So there's great comfort in getting this word 200 years in advance. And then as Babylon in its evil rises as an evil empire, people are like, oh, well, we already know how this turns out. We already know that God's in control. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the idiocy of thinking that, you know, that God is in control, but then, yeah, but he can't see it till it happens. You know, you know what I mean? So all the scholars, including John Calvin, you know, which I know a lot of people really like John Calvin, but John Calvin is the one who said, well, he must be talking about Assyria and Babylon as a stand-in for Assyria because Assyria is a big power in Isaiah's day, well, Calvin, back off, dude. Uh, I mean, you know, is, is God God or not? And is Isaiah a prophet or not? And I don't, you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, it's prophecy, y'all. I mean, and, and Isaiah's a prophet and God gave him a vision and it's a vision, something that happened way in the future, you know, get with it or get over it, you know, but I, I don't have any trouble with this. Very frequently in biblical prophecy, there's, as I've said, a telescoping of time, you know. In other words, vast expanses of time can seem to be, you know, telescoped down, you know, compressed down uh, as if it's tomorrow. And, and this is what I see here. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a word against Babylon, even though Babylon, you know, again, at this point, it's like, you know, Alvaton. Um, but anyway, God sees and God prepares the world by, by saying, listen, this is what's going to happen. And this is Babylon will rise and Babylon will fall, you know, quicker than you can turn around twice. And to me, that just illustrates God's sovereign knowledge and God's sovereign power. Anyway, I, I've said too much about that. Let's just move on. As I say, God raises this signal, calls forth this vast, expansive army that is going to march against the, what will be the established power of Babylon. God declares war on Babylon, not because God hates Babylon, but because Babylon, you know, has you know, raised its fist against God and, and raised its fist, will raise its fist against God's people. 
And so everything that it, we're going to see in these next 10 chapters, you know, these are geopolitical threats, either future or present to Judah. And again, God is ultimately going to judge his people too, but he judges all the nations ultimately. So here's the judgment against Babylon. It's a, it's a blistering kind of message. Scream in terror for the day of the Lord has arrived, the time for the Almighty to destroy. It's, it, it's just massive. Verses 9 to 16, just call your attention to this extended, you know, section of poetry. Again, these are just such, you know, terrifying words of judgment and darkness, but at the same time, there's an artfulness to it. The the prophecy, the vision comes in the form of a poem, and, and don't miss that, because as I say, there's an artfulness to it that's really rather beautiful. Um, one of the themes of, of biblical judgment, one of the themes of the day of the Lord is this uh, amazing uh, reversal, or you could just say this inversion of the, the status quo. I like how it says, I will crush the arrogant, I will humble the proud, you know, the proud, humble the pride uh, of the mighty. Uh, everything gets turned upside down. And this is Isaiah, you know, in other words, the, 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 the proud are going to be humbled, you know, the arrogant are going to be brought down. You know, there's this inversion, this, this reversal. And it goes all the way, you know, this is Jesus's theme too. The last are going to be first, you know, first are going to be last. It, it, it's just uh, amazing. You know, look out those of you who are rich now, you know, because, you know, the, the, the rich will be brought down, you know, the poor will be exalted. It's just this amazing, as I say, an inversion, a reversal. Uh, Jesus, revelation, I mean, all through scripture, this is the amazing promise of, 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 of when God comes and takes everything wrong with the world and makes it right. You know, so Jesus tells the story of the rich man and Lazarus, you know, the rich man in this life enjoyed luxury, you know, and the poor man lay his gate. But then uh, in the afterlife, it was totally reversed. You know, the poor man, Lazarus, was in Abraham's bosom and the rich man uh, in hell lifted up his eyes. So again, it's it's a common theme, but you see it here in Isaiah, this, this theme of re- reversal. At the end of it, Babylon's days are numbered. Its time of destruction will soon arrive. You know, that God would prophesy Babylon's destruction even before, you know, Babylon has risen. Again, I, I think that's amazing. I mean, anybody can look at a nation that's on top and go, yeah, they're coming down. But to be able to prophesy not just the fall, but the rise before it happens, I think that is actually the brilliance of this passage, and I love it. And so again, all the prophets who worry about the prophecy against Babylon before Babylon has has become a superpower. You know, what is wrong with you? You know, it, it, all nations rise and fall, but this amazing precision of, of prophesying both the rise, the evil, the destruction, the defeat by the Medes, Persians, you know, uh, go Isaiah. You know, this is the word that comes from the Lord and it's unlimited by time, by scope, by anything at all. God sees all, God rules and God overrules. And that's kind of the theme of the next few chapters. We'll pick up right here tomorrow. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 1. Uh, really interesting. Tomorrow we'll have an opportunity to talk a little bit about the devil uh, and how the scripture portrays him. So don't miss tomorrow. See you at 10 o'clock. Lord willing for Tim with Tim. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 1 to 32. Okay, have a beautiful Tuesday. I'll see you tomorrow.